The podcast world is growing bigger every day. God, isn't that the truth? And Himalaya wants to help you navigate it. Himalaya is a brand new podcast app where you can find every single podcast you love and some future faves. I can, Josh Cannon here, I can confirm that that is true. I've searched for every podcast that I listen to. They all come up on there. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya's got your back. Discover personally curated playlists and show your favorite podcasters some love with Himalaya's tip jar. It's free, it's the easiest to use, and we're adding cool new features every day. And by we, I mean they. I am not doing that. Go to your app store, download Himalaya, that's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A, and don't forget to follow Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries once you're there. Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome to episode number 120, 120, that's how you say it in German, of um, whatever this podcast is called, Uncovering <laughs> Unexplained Mysteries. That's right. I, well, well that, that's that's great. Yeah. That's a fantastic start. You can tell I really care and put a lot of effort into this mic. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to get across to the people at the end of the day. That's all I'm really trying to get yeah. across. I'm here with uh, Mike, my co-host. And as the age-old question afflicts man in our condition, I will bring this upon Mike as well. Mike, how are you doing? I'm actually doing pretty great, actually. Um, I would say that just by getting a chance to work again and by having like so many people actually congratulate me and say I've been doing a really good job and everything, that's, that's just really filled a, a pretty big void in my life because ever since I was let go from my previous job at uh, Cenotopia for like just bogus bullshit reasons because they just wanted to use me like a wet paper towel and then throw me away. Didn't want to be honest about it and say, oh, we're just cutting you because uh, we never intended to keep you on board. But no, they just do this whole thing where they f- fire me before... I'm due to get unemployment benefits and then just make up some bullshit story about how I didn't live up to their expectations. Damn. So, burn. That yeah, sucks. That's what they did. They said, you didn't live up to our expectations and uh, you didn't you, multitask well you enough. You didn't live up to our expectations. That is such a uh, like soul-crushing statement yeah. to give to somebody. Like, How shitty must that have made you feel? Yeah. Like you did, you weren't good enough. Like you as uh-huh. a person were not good enough to work at a fucking movie theater. Like wow, yes, yeah. that's. that's uh, and, and, and so after that, I, I you know I tried to find other jobs, didn't have much success, and then I went to college for a while, and then uh, every now and then I try to look for another job again, and I just have the hardest time even getting an interview, and then. Things started to change recently. I started to get more interviews and stuff like that. And then I got this job. And, you know, I, I I know a lot of people hate retail, but I actually don't mind it. I guess I'm crazy. But I'm a little weird anyway. So, well, you know, it kind of makes sense. I think you're still in the honeymoon phase of that job. If you've been working there for, you know, work, give it another year and see how you feel about retail. I think, I think I'd still be fine because it's I know how to handle it. Like, I've had people when I worked at the movie theater call me stupid to my face. It's... It comes with the territory. Well, you're also so used to dealing with like internet trolls and shit. I think yes. maybe you have that armor yeah. of like, you know, yeah. I've been 
you know, mm-hmm. trashed for the past 10 years on a consistent well, also, basis. At, 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 at my job currently, the managers are fantastic. They're, I've, I've never had managers that have been this, this wonderful. Well, you know, uh, I mean, so. like uh, human beings are supposed to have a purpose. You know, we're supposed yeah. to do things. We're not supposed to sit around and atrophy. We're, we are supposed uh-huh. to be constantly using our brains and getting things accomplished and doing things. I mean, I think people, uh, I, I have been depressed before. I've, I've been beaten down before. And I can tell you that just laying in bed and doing nothing is the absolute worst exactly. way to handle your bad state of mind and your bad mood. Well, I mean, this has just made my self-esteem back. Uh, it's just raised it back up to where uh, it, I, I've always wanted it to be. I mean, it's been a while since I felt this confident about myself and my abilities. So even if they don't end up keeping me on, uh, it, it's still the, the experience is just the impact of it has just been immense for me. So, um, but I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards they might, but we'll see. I mean, when you, when your manager says some things like when you talk about changing her schedule and she's like, oh, yeah, when school starts up again and he goes like until school starts up again. So it's kind of like, is she already thinking ahead or something like is, is that, you know, because that's the kind of thing that you don't normally hear like it from a manager if they don't plan on keeping you. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, either way, I'm just going to do my job to the best of my abilities and then let the cards fall where they may. If, if, they, if they're planning on letting you go, you can always pull the whole, well, you better keep me hired or uh, maybe you grabbed my ass when I was bending over that one time. <laughs> and no. uh, maybe nah. I feel uh, harassed. So no. might want to reconsider uh, canning me there. Yeah, nah. I'm playing some hardball now. Nah. Or no, maybe I won't, I won't, maybe you called that. me a racial slur. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, you shouldn't do that, folks. But for comedic effect, you totally should. Um, so I want to tell you briefly, you and, and the rest of the audience, uh, about a, a shit show gig that I had Sunday from with my band Dancing With Ghosts. Oh, buddy, this gig, man. I don't even know if I should name the place... Oh, fuck it, I will. I don't care. I don't think enough people from Jacksonville listen to this podcast for it to affect me. <laughs> All right, so there's this little venue in Jacksonville called Shantytown Pub. Well, that's just a bad name right off the bat. Right. It's just a bad I will give them this. They are kind of setting the expectation bar low by naming their, their venue Shantytown. Um, and you go in there, and it's no bigger than my living room. We went in there Sunday... The person who booked us, uh, I won't mention her name. I'll at least give her that that amount of privacy, which honestly, I don't think she really deserves it because the fact that she was responsible for this show just really shows how unprofessional she is as a talent booker. But anyway, I digress. So we go and play this show. The stage, which is, uh, I don't know, like five foot by... I'm so bad at measurements. I ha- I do not have that male thing where you're supposed to have a sense of space and logistics and all that crap. I'm not really good at that either. I, so I don't have that. I you're think, not alone. I think all that, you know, <laughs> men are better at this and women are better at that. I think a lot of that's myth at this point because there's a lot of man shit I'm supposed to be good at that I just am awful at. 
like sense of direction and all. Yeah, I'm awful at that. Both. So I'm good at when I'm walking around and I've done it for a while and I'm good with landmarks. Right. But like when it comes to directions and stuff, I, you know, don't ask me to give you direction. Okay. So I like, I I like, I hate when I hear this, like, okay, so what are you heading West or are you coming East? I don't fucking know. Exactly. I don't, I know what road I'm on. Maybe, maybe I know Uh if I'm lucky, I know what road I'm on. That's what you have to work with, buddy. So Yeah. And and then I just hear them, like take away my man. I just get card. mixed up because they just go in and they, they say you go west, you go east, then you turn right, then you turn yeah. left. Yeah, I'm like, dude, left, this is not go, this is not doing anything for and me. And my brain's just like, what, what? Ah. <laughs> so anyway, suffice to say, it was a small fucking stage. Which again, small well, shanty town, right? Small venue, small stage, <laughs> fine. There's plenty of great shows that have been had in venues with, that are small with a small stage. But it was what was on the stage. They had fucking stacked up chair, like chairs against the wall that were folded up. Uh. They had a folded up table that was resting against the wall. They had like this tiny little table and these two chairs set, uh, set up like it was just a little spot to chill on stage. Mm-hmm. They had all this crap on stage in the way. And I'm like, uh, they did know that there's a show tonight, right? It looks like they're just using this for storage. (laughs) Then the door guy tells me, oh, yeah, the lady who booked the show, she'll be here in a few minutes. I'm thinking, okay, usually I don't get told that piece of information. Usually the booker doesn't even show up. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But the fact that he told me that she's showing up, that must hold some kind of significance, like she's going to come clear things up or be like oh we're gonna get someone to clear that stage off hey you know how's it going blah 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 she ends up never showing up and he walks up to me and goes yeah uh, as long as you guys can uh, make sure you play at least before 9 15 then you're good we were slated to play at 8 30 and here it is like nine she hasn't showed up yet and then the door guy walks over to me and goes you know, as long as you guys start at 9.15, you're good. And I'm like, um... In 15 minutes? I'm like, With um, all this shit on the stage? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like um, is, is there a sound guy anywhere? I don't see any... <laughs> I see no microphones on the stage. I see no microphone cables. There were microphone stands that were folded up to the side that I unfolded myself and set up. Yeah. And he's like, uh, honestly, dude, I just moved here like a few days ago. I don't know anything <laughs> about that. You're gonna want to wow. talk. You're gonna want to talk to the guy behind the bar about that. Oh, I'm. Why go- did he get I'm that gonna- job if he doesn't know anything about this at all, Mike? If you ask questions like that about this story, then then you're just gonna your head's gonna explode because there are just <laughs> there are just way too many. Why the fucks did this happen? And why the fucks did that happen? For the, any the, of this yeah. to make you feel good about this anything. This just sounds like this place needed to be visited by the bar rescue guy. Oh my god. John Taffer. The, but the rent there must <laughs> is, is so cheap because it's in such a shitty part of town that I think that's the only way that they're able to stay open. So like I go to the guy at the bar and first of all I'm like oh I have to go to the guy at the bar? I am perf- I am the entertainment. I am performing here tonight. I, I like I'm not like you guys aren't doing me a favor by having me play here i am here to perform and you as a venue are supposed to have very basic resources like microphones for instance and a sound person of some kind 
So I go, okay, that's what kind of show this is going to be. Cool. So I go up to the bar, and this guy smoked at least two joints. At least two <laughs> joints before he came into work. The response time on this guy, you could like literally see his brain doing the calculations when I would ask him to do you, things. So you'd hear the dial-up tone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this guy was working with a 56K modem. I'm over here with a T1 line in my brain. And I'm, I'm like, hey, man, uh, can we get some microphones and some uh, mic cables, you know, for the stage? <laughs> and he sits there and looks at me. One, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, four, one thousand. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. He grabs in the slowest manner possible, and he's and, uh, and he like watches TV for wow. a second too. Like he breaks grabbing the mic to look up at the TV screen and watch TV, and then it's almost like his brain's like, "Hey, Steve, you still got to do stuff, man. Come on, let's let's just give him this mic and this cable, bro, and you can go back to being high." All right, buddy, good deal. So he hands me the mic and the mic cable. I go, "Uh, can can I get another microphone? Because we have two singers." He pauses again, watches some more TV, then grabs the mic and mic cable. I get the mic and mic cables. I have to set them up. I have to plug them into the soundboard, which is nailed to the wall, by the way. It's this like <laughs> it's a, it's like this like 10 track soundboard and it's nailed to the wall. I have to plug in all the cables. I have to do the sound check for us, for our own band. I This made it sound like you may not know what I'm talking about if you're listening to this. It is highly unorthodox for a band to do their own fucking sound check at a show. Now, if you're playing a backyard party or something, yeah, that's that's fine. But if you are booked at a legitimate venue to play music, there should be a sound person there running the fucking sound at the very minimum. We have to do our own sound, run our... Thank God I'm a DJ for a living and do sound at my house as far as recording my own music because I knew how to work all that shit. I mean, thank God for that at least because if I didn't, then I'd be like, uh, dude, uh, who's running sound? I don't know what I'm doing up here. But anyway, I was able to get a halfway decent sound going and we played our set and it was humiliating because I... I I didn't have the confidence as a, as a sound guy to be like, oh, I know I mixed that perfectly. So the whole time I'm like, man, does this sound like shit? Or like, uh, how are the levels? I don't know. We made it through the set. There was like, we brought like four or five people. The other bands brought zero people. Um, there was like three people who were already there at the bar. So it was really just the other bands watching us and uh, the people we brought. So there was well, like, how much did you get paid at least? Okay, so at the end of the night, I go to the uh, bar guy and I go, "Hey, did we make any money from this show? Because we brought, you know, five or six people, five bucks a head. You know, are we splitting any of that? Do we at least get money to cover my beer for tonight?" And he goes, "Uh, you're gonna have to see the door guy about that." I go to find the door guy. He's nowhere to be found. He's gone. He's dipped out. He's somewhere else. He's smoking a fucking crack rock behind the... I don't know where he's at. <laughs> so, no no payment, no money. Uh, we, wow. We, we smelt like fucking... We sm I was a cigarette. I was a human cigarette after leaving <laughs> that venue. That's how much cigarette smoke this, was in that venue. 
This is a nightmare. Oh, it was it was awful. And the one but it, it's it's it, but but it's one of those like comical nightmares. Like it's it's like so much of a shit show. What was even that more it's laughable. What was even more spinal tap about the whole night yeah. was that the lady who booked me who's got to be like 21 or 22 years old for real. She's like young as fuck and she's like booking bands and doing all this other kind of stuff. Not saying that you have to be old to do that, but there's just kind of an experience that comes with age where you know not to dick people over at shitty venues that I, I'm guessing, or maybe it's her whole, I'm, I'm so punk rock aesthetic to where she's like, no, man, it's an honor to play at Shantytown. But I just found it even more funny because then later on, the, the band that played after us, uh, I wouldn't call it a band. I would call it more of a psychedelic art rock experience. <laughs> it was this guy, and at first he was wearing this like mechanic suit, and he had all this like stuff in it to make him look fat. And he's like, "My name, my name's Dwayne, and I just got fired from Dupont, and now I'm gonna sing for you." And he goes into this song, and it's like all pre-recorded stuff, and he's got some effects in the ground. And he's just like singing a montage of like 90s songs, but not, he's just like singing them completely <laughs> off key with so much echo that it was. I'm just imagining like Kevin James or Chris Farley just, you know, on, on stage just doing that whole but thing. But it was like a fat suit though. He wasn't actually yeah. fat. So it was like weird. It was like Weird yeah. Al in his fat suit. Oh, Weird Al and fat. Yeah, yeah. It was almost like that kind of vibe, but he's wearing like this mechanic suit. And there's oh, so shit. much echo on his vocals that it was like hilariously too much vocal echo <laughs> to where it just sounded like a, just purposefully badly mixed. And. Then he had a song where it was something like Hitler didn't kill the Jews. Uh, something didn't do this. Uh, Oswald didn't assassinate Kennedy. It was the guy from Quantum Leap. And like he just went on what? like, yeah, he just went through all these scenarios. Such and such didn't do such and such. It was the guy from Quantum Leap. Like that was like the resolve to all the Like I am pretty sure that the bartender or the owner, you know, loved this fucking set cuz he's high off Oh yeah. His oh yeah. Ass. And and like the whole, I'm going to I'm going to name drop the guy the 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 act because this guy was actually I enjoyed him. He was very entertaining. I I can say I've never seen anything like it. The name of the group is Emotron and you can look him up on <laughs> on Spotify. And he is just, it was wild. I have video uh, of it that I can post on our group for reference. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was just insane. And like, then he took off the fat suit and he was wearing what looked like a big, like herpes suit. Uh, it looked like sausages or herpes. If you look, if you Google what? Peter the Gabriel fuck? as the slipper man, You'll get an idea of what I'm talking about. I know this is like so off the rails right now, but I just have to. I, I'm hoping this is entertainment value, and I think most of our fans will appreciate. Well, this. yeah, I, I, I definitely do. Like this whole story could benefit from somebody, somebody animating it. Yeah, like it. You could totally see. I could totally see your dialogue, everything that happened. Or somebody doing different dialogue with the bartender guy who's slow and can't. Yeah, seem not to, to mention out. the whole time and how how you said you felt like you were actually a cigarette. Like yeah. I could see that <laughs> in animation. So 
So, so I should mention too, this guy like lit incense, this Emotron guy, he lit incense, like a shit ton of it. So there's like all this incense in the room. He, he had a, his own special like quilt that he put on the ground that he had to stand on while he performed. And the whole time he'd just like in, in between singing, he'd go like, ah! or he'd like blow his nose. Like he put one finger on his nostril and blow the other one randomly. And he'd spit randomly. And like, by the end of the show, he was completely in his, he had like on multiple speedos and he would take them off one at a time, all these speedos. <laughs> and he got like wrapped up and tangled up in the speedos cause they're elastic. And like, that was all part of his, his get his shtick, I guess. And then at the end of the, at the end of the, his set, he sprayed, it, it was just one speedo and you saw his little bulge in his crotchal area he sprayed his his dong and he lit his crotch on fire <laughs> and his balding forehead on fire. Oh my god. After that, he goes This guy is insane. After that, he goes to each and every person in the audience and he goes, "Congratulations." And then he goes to the next person, "Congratulations." He goes up to me, "Congratulations." He he says congratulations to every single person in the audience and then he gets back on stage comes back into the song right on beat like he had to have that shit timed out perfectly to where he'd have enough time to say congratulations to everybody watching and then right when he got back on stage the song like it was you know it was playing on its own so it's not like he could have cued it up or anything like with some pedal or switch like he he like timed that shit out to where he knew how much time he had to say congratulations to everyone and come back in right on beat i was amazed by it i was like you know what Going through all this bullshit was almost worth it to, like, see such a unique act. Mm -hmm. And then this group after that, Non Grata, they played outside behind the venue. It was this guy. They were all Russian. This guy wearing the trademark Russian hat was like had this megaphone and he came in through the back door and was like, all right, everybody come to the back, out back, blah, blah, blah. And what happened back there, I can't even really describe. It's going to sound too crazy, but I swear to God. They have this big speaker and they're playing what just sounds like noisy, dissonant, just noise. There's this hot chick who's pouring Dawn dish detergent into this big bucket. There's this other guy completely naked, covered head to toe in this, oh in this like flame retardant paste. This brown or grayish flame retardant paste they're smearing all over his body. You can see his ding dong in this paste. Like this you, is a fever dream. Yes. There's this guy <laughs> with a Hello Kitty uh, like uh, mascot. You know mascots those big ha ha like hat or, or masks they wear. He's got like a Hello Kitty uh, like paper mache like you know mascot ha head on, and he's walking around. And then this other guy takes an aerosol can and takes a lighter to it and sprays it and is making like a makeshift like blow torch with it. Totally unsafe to do that, by the way, with an aerosol can. And he lights the Hello Kitty mask on fire of the other guy. And then that's going on. And then the coup de gras, they light the guy in the middle who's naked with the flame retardant paste on. They light him on fire completely. This is a fucking freak show. It, yes, it was a freak show indeed. Then the woman is like throwing 
Dawn dish detergent suds on him, and those are catching on fire. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were all high. The thing is, is if you were high, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to pull all this off without someone getting hurt or something. You know, I mean, they were might they might have been high when they came up with the concept, but you have to be like surprisingly sober to pull off something like that. So. You know, it was a shitty show on our end, but then everything that happened after was like, well, fuck it. This was worth watching. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my Sunday night. That that that's that was a really crazy story. And I took everyone. Like, that's the kind of thing where a lot of people be like, oh, come on. You're full of shit. I have video of both of these things. I, <laughs> I, I want to post the non grata performance on our Facebook group, but he's it, it's the guy's dick, but it's covered in the the paint so i don't know if it would get flagged but i might still try to post it uh it's insane it's insanity uh it's definitely i'll i'll post i'll post it in our group so people can see what i'm talking sounds about sounds like if tim and eric had musical guests that's exactly what someone at the show was saying my friend yeah. uh, who saw who was at the sh show to see our band he's like this is like if tim and eric uh you know and someone else yeah no it's exactly it's exactly right yeah that's exactly they had what like it was. a live live show and they had musical guests it was their version of saturday night live right all right <laughs> so i hope that was entertaining to people i hope you enjoyed listening to that let's get on to the actual <laughs> podcast here what this whole podcast isn't about that crazy uh sunday night yeah i could have been honestly it really could have been because then we had a crazy like after party at my house and i got completely shit hammered and uh I don't remember a lot well, of what not, happened not 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 just hammered but shit hammered. yeah shit hammered there's a huge difference so uh we're uncovering unexplained mysteries we talk about the show unsolved mysteries not always but sometimes or most of the time definitely in this case we'll be talking about two segments from unsolved mysteries if you want to follow us on facebook um i'd prefer it if you joined our facebook group which just go to Facebook and search Un Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries in the group section. It'll ask you two questions, answer those questions, and I will I will allow you access into the group. There's some cool stuff in there that I can't really talk about, but it's definitely of interest to you if you're a fan of the show. Uh, you can consider supporting us on Patreon. It's um, patreon.com slash Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. You get the podcast early, and then there's some bonus segments. Uh, our most recent one is me and Stephanie talking about 20... Um, Crazy head headlines that could only happen in Florida. <clears throat> Random throat dryness just then. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, it's all that incense. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I think I still have cigarette smoke in my lungs from that show, honestly. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, yeah, the first case I want to talk about is uh, the case of Bonnie Wilder. You want me to you want to save that for last? I feel like we should open with this one for some reason. I don't know. I just was just what I'm feeling right now. Feeling. But this is the case of Bonnie Wilder. Um, so a fat woman. So like, <laughs> yeah. So I guess in the '90s it wasn't as as common to be like overweight. Or was this? Does this happen in the '80s? This happened in the '80s. Yeah. I guess in the 80s, it wasn't as common for people to be overweight because the to-do the people made of this woman's weight in this segment, it, I almost had to like laugh at it uh, out of how ridiculous everyone, everyone being interviewed had to bring her weight up at some point or another. I'm like, this is just so funny because if this was like now, like everyone would be like, no, she Ooh. was, she was just a, 
uh, a normal woman. Nothing unusual about her at all. Yep. Yep. If it was now, and if somebody said that on in an interview, like Vice would be writing like 50 articles about it. Oh, yeah. It. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> I, it, it was it was fucking comical because you know like you definitely got the sense that part of this was they were pissed off that this woman yeah. took them for a ride and she looks like she looks like one of those uh, uh, shoppers who showed up at the shoe store in uh, Married with Children. They showed up at Al Bundy's uh, shop and you know we're all giving him shit when he starts ripping them for being fat. She, she looks to me. She looks like uh, here come Honey Boo Boo's mom, like like in her early years, like before her double chin reached all the way down to her her tits, but like back when it was still at a reasonable. Oh my god! You know, at a reasonable level. I mean, it was still a massive double chin, but it wasn't like literally hanging down to her collarbone. That's what she looks like for a reference point. It could have been Honey Boo Boo's mom, for all I know. Uh, if anyone doesn't know that reference, that's an awful show in America. That's all you need to know about it. Um, so anyway, Bonnie Wilder was the name used by an embezzler whom authorities had nicknamed the Fat Woman. Due I love to, that too. Due, <laughs> due to the only photograph identifying her was a casual company photo. Could you imagine that? Like just like, uh, what do we call this lady? We don't know her real name. She's fat. She's a fat fuck. Well, we can't call her a fat fuck. So, um, what about a fat piece of shit? We can't call her a fat piece of shit either. Um, so, we we uh, were uh, kicking around. Um, tub of lard was one of the suggestions that was yeah. being tossed around the office. Um, wide load was a favorite amongst <laughs> some of the sheriffs. Um, we settled on the more scientific fat woman uh, identifier. Um, on the morning of August 4th, 1986, she arrived at a new department store in Atlanta, Georgia, responding to a newspaper ad for a bookkeeper. Man now, this one is crazy because this is really nuts. Uh, nowadays, there's a lot of background checks and there's a lot of stuff like that. And like companies aren't so desperate that, that they would be hiring cons and shit. But it seems like that's what they were doing. Like, they were so desperate to find somebody that, like, oh, we had hired, like, uh, it seemed like we had put out our job opening, and we get all kinds of, like, applicants, and they were just bad. You know, there was, like, and, and they were, like, into drugs, or they were, like, an ex-con, and it was just, like, yeah, like, why why, why weren't you doing better background checks? Why, why were you not even, why were you even hiring some of these people? Yeah, it's a shame that you couldn't get a job in that uh, kind of economy back then, Mike, where it's like, yeah. we need a human being with a pulse that does not have heroin in that pulse. Yeah, that's basically <clears throat> what they were saying. So that's why they hired her. And, 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 you know, she has this resume that looks so spectacular and actually looks legit in comparison. My name's Bonnie Wilder, and I'm not mainlining heroin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mainlining cheddar cheese. <laughs> yeah, I'm mainlining mayonnaise. <laughs> you know, my mom had a friend back in the day. <laughs> my mom had a friend back in the day who she worked with, and her fr yeah. and she loved mayonnaise so much she would put mayonnaise on her ice cream, bro. 
Oh, God. On her ice cream. Ew. I, I like mayonnaise. I'm not one of those people that hates it, but like that's just gross. Mayonnaise is one of those things where if you use it in a very sparing amount, it really adds to whatever you're, you know, to a sandwich. I like it on my sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. sandwich, Philly cheesesteak, whatever. But my God, you got to use that shit sparingly. If you use too much, it is, ugh, is gross. Much like sour cream. Too much sour cream is gross. Anyway, manager Lisa Penns interviewed her for the position. Based on Bonnie's body language um, and response to questions, Penns felt that she was bizarre and eccentric. And again, Penns was the first to mention she was just so, so large. She was just... Um, she was enormous. Yeah. So, but however... Given the work history listed in Bonnie's resume, Penns felt Bonnie was a good fit for the job opening. Um, but she never did any background checks, as you find out. Like she didn't even look into any of these uh, uh, schools that she supposedly attended or any of these other businesses. She didn't even look into anything, any of it. She just was like, "Oh, well, it looks legit, so you're hired." Well, you know, the funny thing is uh, that's super common. That, it's mm-hmm. super common for people to not background. Well, not they'll background check you as far. You're as, a new company. Like it, if it, this this seems like a no brainer to me as a new company. Like you should 100 percent be doing these background checks. They'll background check you on things like criminal history, but they won't back. Like okay, so if I go and apply for a job and I put that I have a bachelor's degree in uh-huh. business. They're not going to vet that nine times out of wow. ten. If especially if you go in and you look the part and you and you talk the talk and walk the walk, they won't vet that shit. Hmm. So that's not well, speaking. Of, speaking of looking the part, I would have to say the actress who played Bonnie did. She definitely looked the part, not only just because of her weight, but like she did a great job portraying this this uh, this character, this larger than life personality. Yeah, and these actors for Unsolved Mysteries for the reenactments, a lot of times they probably don't have much to go on. It's like, okay, the the, the this lady was eccentric, uh, but you know, not overly eccentric. She was just kind of quirky, but not too quirky. And it's like, okay, I I, I have very little to work with here, people. Yeah, you know, but I'll make it work somehow. And yeah, I think but, she did do a good job. Yeah, she definitely did. So she had a lot of charm to her. <laughs> like you could see why why the. Uh, uh, employees really did buy into her whole uh, shtick. You can totally see it. Yeah. So Bonnie was hired and started the next morning. By all accounts, she was an ideal employee. At the store, she was responsible for securing incoming cash and credit card receipts. She became popular with her co-workers, but revealed little about herself. She only told them that she was from Florida. Of course! <laughs> and, and had a husband and son still living there. On the night of September 22nd, 1986, Bonnie went up to each store clerk with an unusual request. She asked them to put all of their money from their cash drawers into a big bag and then bring the bags to her. Now, now this automatically to me, even if I was new to this whole thing, I'd be like, really? Like, I, you know, I, I haven't been catching up like what... You you haven't had the time to catch up on your on on your uh, work today. Like I, I the, I'm not giving you the money in my cash drawer. <laughs> I'd just be like, I don't care. 
I mean, usually what <laughs> happened at CVS when I worked there, they'd pull the drawer every, I don't yeah. know, hour or whatever, and they'd take it to the back, and I'd have to switch registers. And we they, don't really do that at at my at my work. Like we do that, they all do that at the end of the end of the day. Yeah, I think they did it a lot at CVS. They did it. They did it. I don't know if it was every hour, but it was like every few hours they would pull Can you the imagine drawer. That every hour, goddamn, that would be fucking annoying. Yeah, I don't even know what they did back there. I just assumed they counted the money and make sh- made sure it checked out to, you know. There was more theft at CVS, I think. Um, yeah. The employees especially, uh, and it was upper management as well, man. A lot of upper management was fired for stealing. Like, the whole time I worked there, uh, quite a few managers were fired for stealing. Like, one one guy tried to, like, literally walk out, like, with a carton of cigarettes in his bag that he just straight up didn't pay for. He just... <laughs> Took a carton. Of, he's a manager at CVS. He took a carton of cigarettes, but that wow. was that wasn't even the craziest one. So maybe he just thought like, "Well, I'm I, I'm the manager. It's mine." Like, yeah, one manager we had. Who this guy was like a, a fucking asshole. Like, I came in like ten minutes late one time, which is what pretty common for me. Like, I was there about ten to fifteen minutes late every mm-hmm. shift. Why? I, I I just didn't give a fuck about that job really. <laughs> if they fired me, I g- good fire me. I don't care. So like, you and know, then you, they kept you on for a, a while, and then you were just like, uh, yeah. They just kept me there, and I'm like, oh my god, fuck, I can't get out of this job. Um, so uh, I, I you know, I I came in late. Everybody else was pretty much okay with it. All the other managers was like, yeah, that's just kind of what he does, and. uh this new manager came in, Jonathan was his name, and he's like, oh, he, he's 15 minutes late talking to one of my other managers who I was good friends with, and he's like, oh, sh- sh- shouldn't we write him up? And she was like, no, blah, 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 blah. I don't know what she told him, but she's like, no, let's not write him up. So this Jonathan guy, Mr. Let's Write Josh up for being 15 minutes late, dressed up as a woman, went into another CVS location. Wow. Hid out in their storage room until the place closed and then tried to rob the safe oh my God. of the money <laughs> and obviously was fired <laughs> god another one of our employees a guy did I, he look like he'd pass um he was very hispanic looking uh so the the whole five o'clock shadow was like a constant thing with this guy uh Uh, so unless he just shaved (laughs) no not really he did did not look like a passable female um uh, another guy that i worked with i'm sorry i'm getting so off fucking track here but this does have no, to do this still this still does connect with it because it's like employees are trying to steal shit yeah another guy uh i won't name his name i guess i'll be nice and not name names i shouldn't be naming names in general but i i really haven't this whole time you didn't name his last names so it doesn't matter yeah um so this other guy that i used to work with um i just won't even say his name i was really really good friends with this guy and um then this CVS too? Yeah, this was also at CVS. Then we became not so great friends because of reasons I cannot even begin to talk about on the podcast, but um, I was younger and more immature back in those days, and I did something stupid, uh-huh. so we became not friends. Um, so I wasn't friends with him when he did this, but I this is what I heard that he did, and I know it was true because I saw the evidence in the office the next day. So what he did, and he got this idea from the show, um, that show on Comedy Central... Was it Slackers? What was that show with the three guys? Um, and it, it, they worked at an office. 
Workaholics. Workaholics. That's it. Yeah. He got this idea from workaholics. Uh, my friend, or he was an alcoholic. Okay. So what he did was he took Modelo beer, which is blue. The can is blue. He, uh-huh. he emptied out a 12 pack Pepsi uh, case. He took the Modelo beer, stuck it in the Pepsi case, the cardboard 12 pack Pepsi case taped up the top of the Pepsi case to do his best to make it look like it was a still sealed up case. And he tried to buy the case. He, he took the Pepsi case up well, to the register stupid. and he tried to buy it. And so it would ring up as a much cheaper case of Pepsi rather than but would, wouldn't he get a discount anyway as an employee not, on the beer? Not for beer no not for beer they don't give you a discount oh that's pretty <laughs> shitty well no I mean it's I, I don't think CVS CVS didn't make money on cigarettes in fact I think they lost money on cigarettes and I don't think they made any money on beer if they did the margin was so small I think that's why they didn't give us a discount on that but yeah so he brought the Pepsi case up and I mean, when you break it down, you're only saving like eight bucks. You exactly. Know? It's not even worth it. And the 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 chick who rung him up, nobody liked at that job, myself included. Nobody liked this chick. She was such a little snitch. And she <laughs> and she saw the cans of Modelo through the little handholdy part where you grab the, the handle where you grab the 12 pack to carry well, in out. this instance like she's not wrong okay <clears throat> she saw like, it really. she saw it and she goes uh what the hell that's that's obviously not pepsi in there and the guy goes i know i'm sorry i'll 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 come back and pay the difference just please don't tell anyone and of course the first thing she fucking did was went and ratted him out to management and he got fired and blah, 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 this, that, and the other. Now, well, I, I mean, to be honest, like, if I were in that situation, I mean, I'd probably do a similar thing because, you know, you can call me snitch all you want to, but, like, that's that's not okay. Like, I, it, that's lost money there. Here's the thing is... I could get fired for just letting him do that. No, well, no, you could claim ignorance. You could say, I thought it was a case of Pepsi. The thing is, is when you work at a place like that for so long, you become family, like with the people who work there. You you learn all their personal life details. Yeah. You but... learn that they have a kid and that they're struggling, this, that, and the other. And it turns into this thing to where it's like, you know you can get away with certain things. You you know how the system works. You know that they damage out products and that they already have an insurance policy for that. So they already they're not even going to take a loss on it and blah blah blah. And so you learn that there's okay yeah. I, was it a stupid thing to do? Absolutely. Should he have done it? Absolutely not. Would I have ratted him out? Absolutely not. I would not have said anything. I would have said, man, Josh, you fucking playing with fire right now, man. Oh shit, I just said his name. Okay. What? <laughs> uh, anyway, I would, have, I would have said, "Dude, you're playing with fire right now. You need, you know, like, I'll, I'll do it this one time, bro. But you know, don't don't put me in this position again. You know, I wouldn't have said anything, I'd, but I would. For for me, I, I'm not taking any risks. Well, like I said, because like, I, I could I get fired for just letting that go because they might, you know, check it out on the camera or whatever. Realize that there's some, you know, they've lost some money, and then I could get fired along with him 
So it's one of those things that's like, yeah, families and everything, whatever. But for me personally, like that kind of action deserves a consequence. And like, it might as well be immediate. Yeah. And he, because how else is he going to learn, really? Yeah. And he deserved everything he got in that situation. And I mean, you know, it's like, dude, not only are you getting fired for that, I mean, I think he got a deal since he worked there for so long and he did such good work there up until he made that one dumbass mistake. Yeah. Um, I think he got a deal to where he was getting fired, but like he could still use CVS as a reference or something and they weren't going to like, like slag him and be like, you know, because the typical protocol for that is, yeah, not only can you lose your job, you can, you know, the police can get involved. Depends on how much you stole. If it's just Mm -hmm. if it's petty theft then you're going to lose your job. And it also stays on your uh, record or something to where you have to, uh, I don't know, something about other employers finding out. I don't know. Like, like it goes into some system. Well, I could see why it wouldn't technically end up being like, they would like give him a, a, a pass for that in some ways. Like you still get fired, but that wouldn't be like, okay, like, you know, you stole it. Cause he technically didn't walk out the store with it. So, yes. Uh, so whatever. Anyway, so, so, so I hope you guys enjoyed some of my uh, anecdotes <laughs> about... Uh, this is just the Josh's Memories podcast. Yeah, I know, this man. what this one is. Hope you guys are enjoying this. <laughs> so anyway, back to our story here. Bonnie was asking everyone to put money in, in bags and that she was going to refill their drawers the Not next suspicious morning. suspicious at all. Yeah. Since she was part of the management team, no one questioned it. At approximately 9.30 p.m., the store had closed up and the employees were preparing to go out the rear exit so the security guard could secure the building. However, Bonnie said she had lost her handbag. This did not arouse suspicion, as the employees sometimes forgot personal items in the break room or offices, and she returned in a reasonable amount of time. However, in that time, she emptied the safe of $20,000 worth of cash and she had also stolen the personnel file of her boss, Lisa Penns. As he- now, she was only able to do this, apparently, because of the fact that she managed to, managed to get the employees to vote on removing the, the rule that said that employees... Uh, their bags have to be checked th- by their security. Their bags have to be checked by security. Yeah. She, so felt, she, she felt like it would it would lower uh, employee morale by mm-hmm. having them do that. And she was instrumental in making that policy pass. And of course, she did that so she could do this. <laughs> so as the employees left, one of them noticed Bonnie getting into a taxi. She was never seen again. The next morning, the day shift clerks arrived and discovered that their registers were empty. The vault was checked and it was also empty. Store employees were unable to get in contact with Bonnie. Her unexplained disappearance, combined with the loss of money, caused police to prepare charges against her for embezzlement and identity theft. They discovered that weeks earlier, Bonnie had been instrumental Mm -hmm. in overturning a store regulation that called for the inspection of employee handbags at the end of the day. They believed this was done so the money could not be discovered in her bag. Well, duh. (laughs) <laughs> Private investigator Vicky Bosma was hired by the store and began to track down Bonnie. She started with her original job application. She seemed like a badass to me, didn't didn't she? Eh, I was I was neither here nor there on her. She found that the schools Bonnie attended had either been torn down or had their names chained, changed. 
Regarding her pre- chained, chained. <laughs> Regarding her previous employment, she put down companies that had gone bank- bankrupt. Also, she had put down branches of the federal government, but did not put enough information to verify that she actually worked there. In another state, police thought they had found her when they traced her to an address in the Midwest. They interrogated a woman named Bonnie Wilder. However, she had a much different appearance than the suspect, being much more in shape. Also, her background check did not match the one that they were looking for. And I like it. No, in the reenactment. Yeah, the reenactment was good because the police walk up. They knock on the door, open it up. They go, Bonnie Wilder? And she goes, yeah. And they're like, uh, have you lost a lot of weight recently? (laughs) And she's like, no, I haven't. And it like cuts back to Vicky. And and she's like, you know, clearly this woman would not have been able to shed all that weight in such a short period of time. Nope. So it wasn't, you know, her. And so it became clear that she had stolen that woman's identity. Uh, Further investigation turned up five similar store robberies committed by a woman that fit the suspect's description. In each case, a different alias was used. In Florida, of course, she committed a scam while working at a store as a bookkeeper. She has hit stores in Tennessee, Louisiana, Florida, and three other stores in Georgia. She has stolen a total of $350,000, which in today's money might as well be a million. Yeah. Authorities believe the criminal may be attempting a copycat embezzlement in another part of the country, probably falsely identifying herself as Lisa Penns. At the time of the Atlanta robbery, she was 5'7 and weighed between 250 and 300 pounds. She had a southern accent and her true identity remains unknown. And again, the quotes here, like (laughs) I think Lisa Penns was the one who goes, she, she said, to look at the woman, she looked like she would be a school bus driver or work in a cafeteria. Lunch lady. Yeah, school lun- lunch lady. Lunch lady. She just, and, and, and then she turns... Elementary school teacher. And then she turns yeah. around her fucked up statement by going, she just seemed like a real wholesome lady. And I'm like, hold on a second. You're saying this lady looked like she should be a school bus driver or work in a cafeteria lunch la- as a lunch lady. What are these stereotypical looks for women who work as a school bus driver or a lunch lady. They're usually fat, just blocky, homely homely looking women. And then she turns around by going, she just seemed like a real wholesome person. It's like, no, bitch, we know what you were trying to say. That was real clever, but, you know. Yeah, exactly. And then the other one's like, how could she really hide? Like, Yeah, she's like, she's, you know, she's, she's like, you know, even though she's like perpetrating you know, all these uh, crimes, like really, you know, successfully still, how do you get lost in a crowd when you are that enormous? <laughs> <laughs> they were hammering on this lady's weight, man. Like a little, I, I, I almost, when I saw her, I was like, yeah, she's, she, yeah, she's a bigger. I think they were pissed because of the fact that they got. No, that's what took, I think they too. They're, they're salty as fuck. And they're like this fat motherfucker. Because, you know, that was like the one thing that stood out about her that they could really cling to to really like be like, you know, passively, aggressively just being like, yeah, "Yeah, this Can you imagine like uh, any other applicants that were uh, screened after this? Like if they were overweight. Must weigh between 120 and 150 pounds. (laughs) Don't ask why. It's just a thing. That we An have. overweight lady shows up to do the interview, and she's actually legitimately very qualified. And then they're like, uh, "No, sorry, yeah, sorry, you're a little too big for this position." 
Um, so the results of this case was that Bonnie was captured, um, quote unquote, Bonnie Wilder, has since been positively identified as Dora Mae Peterman. Perfect. Yeah, perfect, na- perfect name for her. <laughs> Uh, she had previously served time for grand theft. In 2003, she was convicted of identity fraud in Ohio and sent to prison. She has since been released. Other charges, such as the embezzlement, were never filed against Peterman. The warrant against her expired, and the insurance company decided not to pursue charges against her. Wow, so it seems like she was sent to prison, but not for very long. So, she's been released. So, she, like, you know, basically got to steal 350 grand and, you know, live the high life or whatever for a good portion of her life. Yeah, and that's kind of weird. Not really much of any consequences, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. <laughs> yeah, and one thing I noticed, and this is unrelated, but like as I'm like watching this segment and I'm listening to Robert Stack do his narration, like one thing I notice about Robert Stack's narration that made him so great was. He narrates the segment as though he himself has already watched the segment and he, yeah. and he knows what he's saying. He's not just reading lines off a piece of paper. Exactly. Like yeah. he feels like he's in the segment watching well, it and narrating it as it's going along. Well, that's a great actor. You know, that's that's the thing too. Like not everybody can like read off of these uh scripts and like really deliver it. Like I've seen a lot of YouTubers where you know the, they have scripts but it just sounds so forced. Yeah, it and sounds I just awful. Don't really, and they're trying to be funny, and it doesn't work because they're trying to act. And and Chris Stuckman at times it seems like that to me, like especially when he's trying to be funny. Like I don't think that guy has a natural funny bone in his entire body. Yeah, like like um, at least Doug Walker is like naturally like a pretty funny yeah, guy. Silly, yeah, silly um, guy. What I can't, I what I can't stand are the high energy YouTubers. Yeah. Or, Jeremy or, Johns, yeah, or like he's the wacky, wavy, in, waving, inflatable tube man of movie movie reviewers <laughs> on YouTube. Well, there's just so many of them out there like that. Just that. What's up, guys? My name's Josh Cannon. Today we are going to cover the top ten craziest unsolved mystery segments. I can't wait for you guys to see this. <laughs> and it's just like, dude, shut the fuck up. Lower your tone. Talk slower. You're not. You're you're not gaining more attention from people by yelling and be acting like you're coked out well, of your fucking gourd. They do. If you look at the views, some of them do. Like it's just because the attention spans have, you know, definitely gotten lower. It's among, almost uh, it's when, almost when like, it comes to the youth for sure. I, I mean, that's why you have all these quick cuts and almost you know, and just vlogs. I feel like when people are doing that, they're almost like good with dogs are going, here, boy, here, look, 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 here, boy, here, boy, no, 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 look, 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 look. I feel like like that's the equivalent of doing that, that yeah, loud. Yeah, they're waving keys in front of a baby. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I do quick cuts because I'm, I, I get, you like, fuck up, I you want to edit up, Yeah, out. I fuck yeah. up and I want to edit, exactly. That's why I do quick cuts. But yeah, like Jenna Marbles, she started the whole quick cuts for, uh, comedic. She's kind of cl- she's kind of clever at times, though. So I kind of give her. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, a she's bit of a pass. yeah. No, she's I, I got I got respect for what she does, and she's really hot too. So that doesn't hurt. She's actually funny too. Yeah, so oh, yeah, she's very too. funny. Yeah. So um, th- this next segment is not really funny, especially when it comes to what this scumbag uh does. Um, although it does seem like a little, a uh, little funny in some ways, uh, because it is just how this guy managed to fool so many people to make them believe that he's some 
Hollywood producer just by saying he's a Hollywood producer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this kind of shit happens all the time, you know, and if, if you're naive enough to buy into it, then yeah, you can, you know, it's just another way that people yeah. can be exploited. So this segment is William John Wood, who is known as Maxwell Max Carson. In 1972, William John Wood resigned from the Toledo, Ohio police while he was being investigated for misconduct. Now, they show the photos, his police photos, so bad he has no emotion it's not, there's no it's not smiling or a smirk like he has his mouth hanging open it's like what the hell mike, is up I mean, with this mike, guy? What, what kind of emotion do you want from a police photo i don't know a little bit more than Can, that I, I could just see you being the like photographer for these guys like I know you're rested, man, but can you just put a little bit of pizzazz in, into the? No, no. I mean, it's not just that. I mean, it, it, it's you can you can have like a stern face and whatever. Like the f- other photo that the, the that they show for, uh, this guy's wanted. You know, this is his appearance. Like he's got a stern looking face and and for and everything like that. I for one, that's fine. I for one want to say, but I that- don't know why. It just he just it looks like his hat is too big for his head. He it looks like he's in over his head literally in this job, and he just looks like he just he's got that perpetual dumb look on his face. You know that's not a good look for a cop. What picture are you looking at? It's the one that was on uh, when they showed like the older photos. Like it's not on the wiki. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. See, I wasn't able to rewatch that one before the podcast, so that's why I'm not. It's not as uh, yeah. Fresh. It's just a good. (laughs) That's what it looks like. Um, but anyway, uh, between 1977 and 1985, he committed and served jail time for a number of offenses, including check fraud, imporse- impersonating an officer, okay, and assault with an intent to rape. In 1986, he moved to Las Vegas, where he invented his Maxwell Max Carson persona and used his image as a movie producer to manipulate actresses and models into doing what he wanted, which is crazy, like, guy isn't particularly that good looking he looks like a poor man's joe don baker um and i get you know i guess he just has his way uh, he just like swing his weight around literally and just be like oh i'm a famous hollywood producer and in las vegas like when was there ever like a hollywood types in las vegas that's where like like washed up celebrities go to like die pretty much like share and all the they do these like residencies and i mean maybe not maybe they make a lot of money yeah they make a lot of money maybe they're not washed up is maybe the bad like i guess they don't go to die they go to retire yeah retire i guess that's the word i was looking for yeah that's not where you that's not really where you scout new talent you know so so in november of 1989 carson began holding auditions for a film one model in particular designated tiffany by unsolved mysteries because <laughs> she looks like a stereotypical tiffany i guess that's what unsolved mysteries are she looks like a tiffany uh the the actress that they use she is she's gorgeous hot yeah babe factor high up on the babe factor so she caught his eye and she was 19 years old at the time however no real work was done on the movie as maxwell was secretly on the verge of collapse There was no movie. So by January 1990, Maxwell shut down his offices, but maintained the appearance that he was still in control. 
In February, Maxwell arranged for Tiffany to meet him at a motel later that day under the guise of being a replacement model for a photo shoot. Now, the segment doesn't really paint Tiffany as a, as smart. Uh, it definitely does kind of live up to the whole dumb blonde stereotype. <laughs> she She's just like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. Photo shoot, okay. Um, the, the actor who played William John Wood, I just want to point out, he did an excellent job too. Like he was really just a smarmy scumbag. Yeah. Agreed. He did a good job of being a creep. So they meet up at this motel. Tiffany's not suspicious at all. Uh, although, you know, you know, eventually she is, but by that point it's too late. Yeah. So they go to the motel they meet up. Tiffany begins to feel uncomfortable when she knows that there's no other people around besides Maxwell. In the motel, Max trapped Tiffany in the room and began to get violent and abusive. Uh, despite Max threatening to accuse her of prostitution, Tiffany contacted the police and Max charged her and had Max charged with uh, kidnapping, sexual assault, and battery. But Max disappeared before an arrest could be made. Now, in this particular reenactment, apparently. In Australia, uh, th- th- there was a bit of the segment that was cut out. I guess Australians couldn't handle PG content in the U.S. Like, it had to be Australian PG because they cut out a, a-, a sequence where the actor who's playing Max, uh, when-, when he says, like, you're not going anywhere and slams the door of the, ho- of the, motel, the, the motel room and then grabs her by the throat. Apparently that was cut out the grabbing by the throat thing, because I, I, I guess Australians can't handle that. It's well, too violent. I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I There's a lot of stuff that, that I feel like the censors but the let lifetime, slide on the Unsolved Mysteries. the Lifetime reruns did not censor that out. Right, but, like, I, that's, you know... I, I don't know. I, I, that doesn't surprise me that they censored that over there. Like, I think over here, they viewed... Uh, Unsolved Mysteries is more of a public service with some entertainment sprinkled in. So that's why I think they were able to get away with what they were getting away with because they were actually doing good for the public in general. Yeah. So they're showing these reenactments not to glamorize or sensationalize it. They were wanting to show it in all its brutal reality. And um, so I think that's why the censors let a lot of stuff slide with Unsolved Mysteries that they wouldn't let other shows that's just doing it for entertainment's sake do. Uh-huh. And that that reenactment in the hotel room was uh, it was very very scary. I, you know, I'm not a female, yeah. but like I I almost put myself in her position. You know, like they go into this hotel room, and you know already that's like a red flag. But this guy, the motel, yeah, yeah it's not even a hotel room. Yeah, it's a motel. It's a motel, and the guy's being all confident the whole time. Like, oh yo, yeah, the photographer will be here in just a second. And then he acts like he's on the phone and all that, and she's like. You know, she put her bag by the door to keep the door cracked open. And so she was trying to make some provisions to, like, keep things as safe as possible. But um, he gets off the phone and he's like, well, he should be here any minute. And then he goes, how about a hug? And he holds out his arms. And I'm like, oh, no. And she and she pretty much said that's when she knew that Uh shit was about to go down. And she's like, Max, I'm feeling uncomfortable. And she runs to the door and then he bolts after her and. Um, pushes the door shut somehow, kicks her purse out of the way or whatever, and uh, and rapes her apparently. Yep. And he says the whole like, "You're not going anywhere." Yeah. 
God, that's that's got to be like one of the most terrifying things to ever happen. Well, yeah, like falling out of a plane in the sky. That'd be terrifying too. getting burned alive. Yeah. OK, so there's a lot of terrifying things that can happen Being like in life. Dave Box. Oh, God, especially if he was alive or conscious. Just woke up. Just got out of conscious. You know, he, he was he was unconscious and then now he's conscious as he's being lowered into that thing. Yeah, that as the guy said in the segment, <laughs> I couldn't imagine a more horrendous death than that. Like, yeah. So, all right. So I'm, I've, I got to find my my part here again. So he disappeared before an arrest could be made. Two months later, Max resurfaced in Cocoa Beach, Florida. Again, in fucking Florida. Uh, yeah, of course, fucking course he resurfaced in Florida, <laughs> Mike. Where the fuck else is he gonna go in, in the United States? I mean, all everybody knows all of the trash. Uh, it it it, <laughs> it goes down in life. I mean, if you're washing dirt off a car if you're flushing a toilet the shit goes down yeah where is florida shit, yeah. it's the most su- it's the southernmost point in the united states so the shit filters to us you know <laughs> and it's just i i guess i'm just so used to growing up around shit that it's like normal to me mm-hmm. you should really check out that patreon bonus segment uh i'm, I'm pimping out the patreon right now me and stephanie go just go in depth uh-huh. about these florida stories and i'm like yep yep Yep, I've known people who've done that and that and that. Sad. Uh, so having once arranged uh, meet a woman at a hotel, so he's resurfaced again, he's washed up on a beach in Florida, now he's at a hotel, and he's trying to get into another woman's pants. He managed to convince her to have sex with him in exchange for money. However, before he could get to a private room with her, he was arrested. The woman was wearing a wire as a part of a sting operation. Ooh, awkward. That's got to yeah. be an erection killer right there. Boner buster. Oh, God. The boner busters. <laughs> that's, that's, that should have been the name of that task force, the boner busters. <laughs> <laughs> so, Max pled guilty to solicitation of prostitution and spent two days in jail before disappearing. Only after his release did Florida police find out about his true identity and his past crimes in Las Vegas. William John Wood was last seen in Reno, Nevada in March 1991, trying to run another scam on a model he met in Las Vegas. When she told him she knew about his past, he disappeared. Authorities believe he could be operating anywhere in the country, though he seems to prefer Las Vegas, Florida, and Southern California. They believe it's likely that he's still impersonating a film producer or talent agent. Uh, and the results are he was he was captured uh, in January of 1998. William John Wood was arre- was arrested. I meant to say arrested, but well, well, I was gonna. I thought it was gonna say arrested, but it said captured again, which is confusing. You already said he was captured. Mike, if you just continue reading instead of spending ten minutes to point out your mistake, it's a lot. Know, it's a lot less that's, noticeable. That, yeah, I know, but that's that's my whole thing. <laughs> that's my shtick, so, guys. That's my shtick. So, um, William John Wood was captured after an Unsolved Mysteries viewer contacted the FBI and told them his whereabouts. William was arrested under the assumed name Brian O'Leary in San Francisco. He was also charged with unlawful flight to avoid prosecution. He was convicted of attempted sexual assault and coercion and sentenced to 26 years in prison. His last parole hearing was on December 3rd, 2012, and the Nevada Department of Corrections has marked his file as discharged slash released so was he released from prison yes discharge release yeah should he have been no 
No, but I guess they decide, you know, but if you think about it in prison, like there's so many people in prison and I'd rather the spot that this guy was in be reserved for like a murderer or like, you know, but it seems like, yeah, he was a habitual rapist. So he probably should have just been kept somewhere, maybe in another prison, maybe with a prison with a bunch of other rapists. Um, but it's just one of those things like I could see why the prison does that kind of stuff. Like there's only so much space. I don't know. But, like they they don't seem to mind filling it up with people who get busted for like having some marijuana. Well, on yeah, them. exactly. I mean, that's a whole other thing. Like that's just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. The prison system is a business. And it, it is, and, and it's a political. As soon as it as soon as it became privatized, yes. Uh, the episode uh, of last week tonight with John Oliver, where he's talking about the prisons, like that. That's a real eye opener. Yeah, sorry if you hear any uh, excessive sounds right now. I'm literally cutting up trivia slips because I got to go and host a trivia <laughs> a trivia game after this podcast. Wouldn't that be crazy if there's some like trivia question that ties into something on this podcast? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the, I, I really should try to incorporate like murders and shit. I, actually, I think I one of my final questions for one of my trivia games was. Uh, put these three crazy wacky cults in order from first to be established to most recent. And it was, uh-huh. it was Jim Jones and the people's temple, uh, the, uh, heaven's gate with the apple whites, uh, and, uh, the Manson family. And you had to put them in order, which one came first, second, and then the most recent. And Who got it right. Everybody fucked it up. Cause they all thought that, um, they all thought, I think they all thought that Manson was first Really? Yeah, but like no, no one really knew that the People's Temple was actually started in like the fifties. Okay, so I could see why they would think Manson was first. Yeah, I could too. But yeah, and you could technically argue like, well, the People's Temple was started then, but was it really a cult at the start? It seemed like it's kind of started out. Oh as my more god, just Mike, like you're a, turning into those actually guys. I can hear, I can hear the the beginnings. No, no, no. <laughs> I can hear the beginnings of the actually man. <laughs> I wouldn't actually do that though in trivia. I'd just be like, okay, I'm wrong. Mike, whatever. You just said I wouldn't actually do that. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> you can't even you can't even help yourself at this point. What word was I supposed to use instead? In that particular instance, I wouldn't. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't realistically. Yeah. If well, wouldn't realistically do that. I am triggered by actually. Okay. I. I, I, Apparently. I, I am. I am. I feel like I'm being uh, super it's because you're because you're doing trivia now and you probably deal with those. This those, is this those, is what I understand. Men can have shit mansplained to them, right? Like, I know it's like mansplaining is a term that only men can apparently do, which, I, 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 again, I think that's kind of, like, slightly sexist that only men can do this one bad thing. Like, other, other like, women can't do that, you know? They can't talk down to people either. But, like, I, as a man, have had another man mansplain shit to me before. Like, I've had a man talk down to me like I was a dumb like a dumb little idiot that didn't know anything. Usually it happened to me when it came to cars. They, they'd they be like, you know, well, that's another man thing. Like, I, I don't, I don't know shit about cars. Like, it's not really. Yeah, no, nor do I. 
Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just think we're not real men, Josh. I think that term is really funny, though. Like, man, because oh, only men can do it, and it's got to be to a woman. It's like, no, I've had, I've had dudes talk to me like I was an idiot, and it's, and it was solely because they thought that because I was a musician or whatever, the fact that I could not know as much as they did about something, and it was, it was, it, it was that same feeling of annoyance. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like, uh, the actualies, um, they, they, I get that when people try to, you know, debunk me or try to like challenge me on, on movie trivia or like sports. And it's just like, no, you're wrong. Oh, uh, actually I'm right. I'm like, no, you're not the super, the, this, the, those two opponents did not play in the super bowl that year. <laughs> And then my dad looks it up on the phone later, and they just say, he's actually right. (laughs) Suck it. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. That's trivia for you, but hey, it's only an hour and a half instead of three or four hours like a karaoke gig is. So, like, I'll go in at... Say I'll go in at 6.30. Can you imagine? Is your nightmare just, like, a whole audience full of actuallys? Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) Because you feel like... Like after you, okay, so after all the answers have been turned in and I restate the question and then I give the answer, I literally feel like I can hear the thumbs tapping against their glass screens on their phones, just Googling the shit out of what I just said to like fact check me. Because that's what they do (laughs) with their little fucking computers. I was just imagining a whole audience full of like uh, uh, Revenge of the Nerds. You know, characters yeah. with the big spectacles and everything, yeah. and pocket protectors. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I guess you can, like, do that. You can fact check my answers if you want after I ask, after I say what the answer is. But, like, a lot of times they're sort, they're literally going, they're searching it and they're clicking the first link, and that's not necessarily the most reliable source. And then we have to have a fucking source argument. Well, my source is from. Uh, reputable website. Where's yours it's not from? from Wiki- it's not from Wikipedia. I mean, Wikipedia <laughs> can be like, okay, sometimes, you know, like I use Wikipedia a lot to fact check stuff, but I mean, only lightly. Um, I don't know. Like when it first started out, Wikipedia was iffy, but now it's gotten pretty legit. There's a lot of like editors yeah, and th- fact checkers. It can still be edited. So that's the problem. Yeah. I think they have to be approved though. Don't they? Or something uh, not sure. the edit, not I think the edit sometimes. has to be approved or I don't know. They have they have a whole like infrastructure now to like like back in the wild west of the when it first came out, yeah, it was like kind of a, a shit show, but now I think mm-hmm. there's it's such a utilized resource. Yeah, there's a little bit more there's more rules in place. Safeguards. I know that for a fact because when that whole that that guy Jared Threaten was trying to start his phony band, uh he he, <laughs> he he had somebody write a Wikipedia page on his behalf and he put in, or it might've been him doing it. And he put in all these like fake accolades. And instead of it coming off as like an encyclopedia article, it came off as like a puff piece for his band. <laughs> Cause it was like saying like very editorialized shit. Like this band is awesome. And this, that and the other and like <laughs> shit that is not like, you know that would you would not find in a like objective kind of like encyclopedia article and so like they had like all these various like fact checkers and editors like contacting him and being like hey you know you can't say this or you need to back up this statement and we weren't able to verify this Mm -hmm. honestly i think this is a scam and just you trying to promote your band blah 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 
So yeah, I mean, it it it, it is. There are more. I like uh yeah Wikipedia is definitely they they have more fact checkers now I I and I'm glad we have Wikipedia because do you remember the days when you just had the Encyclopedia Britannica we need to like do like a whole I have like all twenty or fifty volumes <laughs> honestly <laughs> I have it I think or I you just, have it on a CD I think I just like learned less before Wikipedia came <laughs> around I think I just like if I didn't know what something was I don't I just think I just went. I just went along in life just having that question in the back of my mind all the time. I, I, like, I'm really thankful of Wikipedia. I donate to them. Yeah. Um, I give them money, you know, to support that could them. Be, you know, that could, you know there, there's good and bad points to that. The whole, like, oh, now we can know everything. But now, now that's kind of a problem because now you're, like, flooding your brain with so much more shit. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think our brains can handle it for the most part. Um, well, I, I mean, in all honesty, sometimes like you, I, I think I read it up somewhere. Like where the more you, you, all this information you get in, and there's only so much uh, your brain can keep, and so it, it, eventually it's just going to start kicking stuff out. And I, I, I think that's a problem. Like when you're just kicking out like genuinely good things that can help you in your life for like wikipedia articles <laughs> uh, i'd have to it, i'd have it, to it, look it, at trivia. some kind of some but, kind of corroboration um, on what you're saying yeah, exactly i don't know, I know if that's that doesn't I, sound I think, true i think everyone's different though i, I think I, know, I think people have different ability different uh capacities for knowledge i know the whole we only use 10 percent of our brain i know that's bullshit that is bullshit yeah that was like this whole thing growing up i thought like damn if I could use a hundred percent of my brain, I bet I'd have superpowers. <laughs> like Lucy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, all right, I guess that's all. All we got. I got to do a little, a few more things before I go to trivia. So, um, yeah, if you want to follow me and Michelle on YouTube separately, but always equally, you can uh, find Mike at YouTube.com/OCPcommunications. He's a movie guy. Um, what was the last movie you talked about, Mike? Last movie I talked about was The Night Strangler, which is the sequel to The Night Stalker, which is a series of TV movies from the 70s. Uh, the, Night St- the Night Stalker was actually, at the time, the most popular TV movie ever. Like, like the ratings it got were insane. Um, and the sequel didn't do as well in terms of ratings, but it was still pretty solid because eventually there was a TV series that was made called Kolchak, the Night Stalker, which, uh, with Darren McGavin and it's a very underrated show, a lot of fun, uh, you know, seventies series. So keep that in mind. It doesn't have modern effects and so on and so forth. Uh, makes up for it though, with some really nice writing and, uh, that show apparently was viewed by a young Chris Carter, and he was inspired by Kolchak the Night Stalker to make the X-Files. So there's a nice little fun connection there. And Darren McGavin actually was in the X-Files. He played uh, the, the character who apparently was considered to be the father of the X-Files. Initially, Chris wanted him to play his Kolchak character, but uh, Darren McGavin declined. He said, no, I don't want to do that. So, yeah, so I've been watching, I, I reviewed that. I've also been watching the series. I'm going to review that sometime in the future. And the other video that I did was uh, 
vlog where I was unboxing a package from a subscriber and I was showing off some stuff that I picked up in the mail or in various other different places. So that's what I, I have going. Um, yeah. So in terms of movies I watched recently, I, I watched a film called Cropsy and I haven't quite finished it yet. It's like a documentary and you might like it, Josh, actually. Um, it deals with like a real life murder case and like kidnapping case. And I think long Island and it also, it also talks about the whole myths and legends and stuff that are surrounded, uh, uh, this particular case that surround this case uh, and how the case, there were the myths that existed before this case even actually happened. So then this case occurs and it mirrors the, some of the urban legends. God. So yeah, it's a, it's an interesting document. That possum is loud today <laughs> under the tub. Yes. The possum still resides here. He's still here. Yep. Sure is. I thought he left. Yeah, I thought so too, Mike. I thought so too. But I was wrong. So the possum memes are, are not dead. They don't have to be <laughs> if if you really want to keep going that way. I mean, you you can uh, you can do that. But uh, yeah, I my uh, YouTube shit. If you want to look that up, is uh, YouTube.com/slash/dancingwithghosts. I um, I cover a bunch of different stuff. Uh, let me see the last few videos I did. Unfortunately, I I've been slacking uh, this month on my uh, YouTube video output. So the uh, most I've been slacking even more than you. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I think uh, yeah we're I've we just both had so much shit going on. Yeah, so the I'm last video I did is still what shows are even on MTV anymore, and I examine a lot of the new shows on T on MTV. Um, Cliff Note version, same bullshit that's always been on there. Cringy as fuck. Only catering to the lowest common denominator of stupid millennials and whatever. And comes. if you want to watch. Josh Rant, definitely watch that video. Yes. Uh, then I did a video <laughs> about Threaten, the fake band that was able to book a European tour off of fake likes, fake Facebook pages, fake fans, fake everything. Uh, did Resident Evil games, worst to best. Uh, out of touch Roseanne, bombs on the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, when Prague went pop, the evolution of prog rock in the 80s. And taste testing Swedish food. So as you can see, I run the fucking gamut. Should have picked one thing, but I don't know. I get like, I have successful videos in all of yeah. those different genres. So if I had only picked one thing, I wouldn't have had this video or that video that so, did good. Yeah. So I, I want to ask you about your thoughts on Rush maybe reuniting again. What? Yeah. What? Because I heard that somewhere from somebody. Like they were saying, like, after somebody does their solo album, they might, you know. I knew they were going to, I knew they were going to do, do another shit. album. <laughs> All right, uh, this is from. Oh, hold on. Oh my God, big time rush reunion. Fuck the fuck off. Who cares about that stupid Nickelodeon show? <laughs> I'm not seeing anything about that. I'm seeing January 21st, uh. 2018 articles. Uh, I'm not seeing anything about. I don't know. Rush. I just heard it from somebody. Like they could just be talking. Bullshit. Yeah, they were probably talking out of their ass. I'm not seeing anything about that. But you wouldn't be surprised, right? Not really. Um, 
Getty and Alex really wanted, they wanted to keep doing it. They did not, they did not want to stop the band. It was pretty much Neil that, mm -hmm. and his health issues that made them stop. But yeah. Neil wasn't, his heart didn't seem like it was really in it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so, maybe, so now you got a kiss. They're doing their last tour. Good. <laughs> got Elton John Final doing his tour. last tour too. All the, all the dinosaurs, all the giants of uh, yesteryear are finally. Well, Elton John is probably doing that to coincide with the the rocket man film you think about it seemed pretty clever in his part oh i didn't know they were coming out with a what is that about yep. his life yep but it's it's dramatized and has some fantasy elements to it oh wow actually looks pretty impressive uh taron egerton is playing him which is kind of funny because taron egerton he played uh eggsy in the uh kingsman films and in the second film elton john actually has a cameo in it hmm interesting all right, well, I got to skadoodle my boodle to do some spoodle. I don't know. Uh, anyway. Spoodle? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't repeat that. <laughs> don't tell anybody I said that. Um, but yeah, I got all the plugs out of the way. Until next time, have a good rest of your week, and goodbye. See ya. What's up, everybody? Just want to remind everyone that my album, The Nightmare Inside You, is still up for sale, and we have new band t-shirts as well. All of this is in the description of this podcast, so check it out, and if you dig the music, maybe consider supporting me. Now, enjoy some more of the album. It is 120. My father took me into the city to see a marching band. <laughs> he said, son, when you get old. I don't know what the fuck. When you grow up. Whatever. All right, here we go.